freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches it's critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Sunday, September 18th, 2011. My website is whatonearthishappening.com and, of course, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. We have a really big show lined up for you here today. We are going to be continuing our ongoing discussion about natural law, the principles of natural law and how it works in our lives. And today we will be tackling the critically important topic of how morality fits into the picture of natural law and human freedom. So that's coming up on the show. Um, I want to read a few event announcements uh, for events that are happening in the Philadelphia area because, again, knowledge is only the beginning of this journey. It's actually what we do with it that really counts and that matters in the long term. So it's about getting out, out there, being an activist, and taking action in the world. Uh, related to one of these events, um, I want to let the listeners know that I will not be on the air live uh, for the first time in 78 uh, weeks next week. Next Sunday, I am taking a day off, and uh, I'm really not taking a day off because I'm going to be uh, supporting my partner, Barb, while she gives a presentation. Usually, I'm the one giving the presentation, but she presentations, but she has one coming up next Sunday, and I'm going to be there in support of her. And that brings me to my first event announcement. Uh, the group called Survive and Thrive here in Philadelphia that's hosted by uh, our good friend Fernando is meeting uh, next Sunday, September 25th at 4 o'clock p.m. at Liberties, a pub in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia at 705 North 2nd Street. That's the corner of 2nd and Fairmount in the Northern Liberties section of the city. Uh, Survive and Thrive meets there, I believe, twice a month to host um, hands-on classes about survival skills. And uh, Barb, as a RN, is going to be giving a presentation there on emergency trauma care next Sunday. So that is the first event that I wanted to mention. And that is why I will not be on the air next week. I will pick a show from the archives to uh, replay in the spot next week. 
So that's event announcement number one. The second event announcement is for the uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity uh, monthly documentary screening and discussion night that's held on the last Wednesday of every month at Media Bureau Studios, also in Northern Liberties. Media Bureau is at 725 North 4th Street, and Wednesday, September 28th, 2011, at 7 p.m., we will be screening the film Human Resources, Social Engineering in the 20th Century, a vitally important film that if anyone has not seen in this area, please come on out and bring as many people as you can to see this one because this is about the real issues that are going on and causing the loss of liberties. So that's the second event announcement. I have uh, one more on the other side of this break. I'll tell you about that, and then we'll get into our topic of discussion for this evening. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Sorry, I ran a little bit over before that last break. Uh, I was uh, not able to watch the time clock. I was uh, taking a look at the uh, the um, uh, event that I was reading to the audience, and I missed the uh, the upcoming break. So I apologize for that. But on uh, on to the other event announcement that I have for everyone. There's a big East Coast conference coming up hosted by MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and there's some great speakers uh, on this conference coming up right here in Philadelphia. Uh, October 15th and 16th at the Four Points Sheraton, Philadelphia Northeast. That's at 9461 Roosevelt Boulevard. MUFON is hosting their uh, East Coast Conference, and uh, there's some a great lineup of speakers, including Joseph Mara, Linda Moulton Howe, Bill Weber, Bill Burns, John Ventry, Robert O. Dean, George Filer, Dr. Lynn Katai, Jerry Jonas, and Chris Augustine. And uh, it's going to really cover a wide gamut of topics uh, of the uh, the entire range of phenomenon associated with uh, uh, UFOs, abductions, etc. So this is one that people in this area are not going to want to miss if they're into uh, the UFO phenomena and the paranormal in general. Um, October 15th and 16th, that's Saturday and Sunday, and the event goes 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. Saturday is only $35 to attend, Sunday only $30 to attend. And there is a dinner conf- with, with the conference speakers on Saturday evening, uh, October 15th, for only $38. So this is a great event. I've uh, uh, often worked with uh, some of the promoters of MUFON in the past, and they're a great group of people. Uh, for more information on this East Coast Conference coming up in October, you want to visit MainlineMUFON.com. That's MainlineMUFON.com, or you could visit the regional chapter of MUFON in Pennsylvania at MUFONPA.com. So those are the event announcements I have. Actually, there is one other. I may, um, uh, it's f- pretty much confirmed, uh, I'm going to be speaking November 5th, November 5th, 
at Media Bureau Studios. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kevin, is putting on a uh, conference of sorts there. Uh, I'm still waiting on the final details of this. Maybe he could even call in today if he's listening and, and give the details out, out over the air. When I get the final details with all the speakers, I'll be announcing it here. But he's asked me to uh, give a presentation on November 5th at uh, Media Bureau, uh, which is at 4th and Brown in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. And I'm going to be giving a talk called Heart Control Apophysis and the negative pathway to truth. Heart control, apophysis, and the negative pathway to truth on November 5th, 2011 here in Philadelphia. So I'll be, I'll have more details as they emerge on that event. So with that in mind, I want to direct people to my website at whatonearthishappening.com where you will be able to see the images that are associated with today's information. If you go to the radio show tab on the website, whatonearthishappening.com, you'll see listed underneath the player images for today's show, and there are 12 images there. If you're not seeing all 12, I did add one last minute, so refresh your page. There are indeed 12 images, uh, image links listed there. And uh, these images are associated with the concepts and ideas that we're going to be talking about on the show here today. Once again, the show today is going to be on natural law. And this topic we, we will continue to discuss until really we've fleshed out in detail all of the um, important concepts that one really must grasp if they're going to understand the true causal factors of why what is happening with human freedom is in fact happening. Okay, um, we're trying to answer the question why, and to do that, you have to get down to causal factors. You, you, in order to understand how these causal factors work, you need to understand existing conditions. Natural law is a pre-existing condition in the universe that we are bound by. We did not create it. It is inherent to the universe. It is simply based in nature. Okay, it is not made or caused by humanity. A law is an existing condition which is binding and immutable. This means that human beings do not have the power to change a law that is in effect and has been put there by nature or by the creator. Okay, So this is what natural law is. And we've spent weeks basically helping people to understand what natural law is, the actual principles that it is based upon, Okay, we went through the seven general principles of natural law a few weeks back. And then last week we did a show on what I called the real laws of attraction. Okay, it was the expressions of natural law, or in other words, how the principles of natural law actually work in our lives according to our free will choices between polarities to actually create the manifestations, the events of our lives as we experience them, okay? The expressions of natural law were covered last week on the show, on show number 77, which uh, very synchromystically, if you will, um, happened on September 11th, the uh, 10th anniversary of the 9-11 um, human sacrifice occult ritual. And very interesting that it was show number 77 
uh, numerologically, you know, it could not have been planned any better than that, and it was not planned. That just happened to be how the, the numerology of this show worked out. For anybody that has taken a look at the show that I did on occult numerology involved in September 11th, you'll understand what I mean by that statement. So last week we covered the expressions of natural law. We went through the, the generative polarities, love and fear, okay? The expansive force of consciousness and the force that shuts consciousness down, okay? We took a look at the initiative or the beginning expressions of these polarities, okay? The positive expression being active seeking of the truth, going out in search of knowledge, wanting to know, the desire to know, okay? And the negative expression based in fear being ignorance or the refusal of truth. The internalized expression, coming to know oneself and bring one's thoughts, emotions, and actions in harmony with each other in a state of non-duality is the state of internal monarchy or sovereignty. It's the rulership of oneself, becoming a master of oneself. And then the negative expression based in fear Confusion, internal anarchy, not ruling oneself, not understanding what's going on either within, both within or around oneself. We took, at the, took a look at the positive external expression based in love, okay, which is freedom, true freedom or external anarchy, no one ruling anybody else. And then we also saw the negative expression of the external expression, which is based in fear, which is control. We'll continue looking at natural law on the other side of this break. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. We are... Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Today on the show, we're continuing our discussion about natural law, its principles, how natural law works in our lives through our decisions, through the polarities that we choose to work with, and then it creates a manifestation. And ultimately, we're the ones doing that. So if we don't like the manifestation, the good news is we can change it by choosing the opposite polarity anytime we so choose. The, where I left off before the last break was we were talking about the external expressions of natural law, both, both positive and negative. The positive externalized expression being freedom, which is the absence of external rule or external anarchy, in other words. No one ruling over anybody else. No masters and slaves. Okay, that's not the relationship that people choose between each other. Okay, so the negative ex externalized expression is control, where people do choose a relationship based on master and slave relationship. Okay, they do choose that. There's external control in place. I call this external monarchy. Other people rule people. Okay? People aren't ruling themselves, so they're ruled by someone else. They're owned and controlled by another. Okay? And you just take a look at the chart, and this is uh, image number four 
on the radio show page of whatonearthishappening.com. I, I generally put up images that go along with the concepts that I talk about on the show to illustrate them better to the listeners because people can associate the words that are being said with uh, something tangible right in front of their eyes. Okay, This is why I put these slides up on the site. And if you just look at the way that the flow of the chart goes, okay, you start out with the positive expression. You always stay in that column. So if you start out choosing love and knowledge and understanding your own sovereignty, meaning that you are above rule and you live that way, okay, so your thoughts, emotions, and actions are in unison, are in harmony with each other, and you're not living a dualistic life, okay, you're really embodying sovereignty. You have become a monarch, a ruler of the self, okay? And you don't have the right to rule anyone else. You do have a right to control your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions, okay? And that those rights end where someone else's rights to exercise their own rights begin, okay? So as long as you don't um, tread on anyone else's natural law rights, you're free to continue to do as you want as a sovereign being, as long as you respect the sovereignty of others. And when you live in that state, then there's external freedom, or in other words, external anarchy, no one ruling anybody else. The absence of rulers is what the word anarchy means. See, it's a mind control trick to get you to think that that means chaos. Chaos is actually on the other side of the chart. That's the generative expression, the negative generative expression of natural law. Because when we embody sovereignty in our lives and then freedom results, and again, think about it, you can only have external anarchy once you have internal monarchy. That's the way this uh, natural law expression takes root, okay? It's actually, this is, a, this is a sequence in time as much as it is an explanation of how natural law functions, okay? You have to start choosing higher consciousness or love, and then you'll come to know yourself and the truth about the events that are happening both within yourself and in the world better. You've come to a place of knowledge. You can then recognize your own sovereignty, okay, and then start building freedom in the external world around you, which can only be done once, only truly be done once you understand and embody your own sovereignty, Okay, And that's how good or order is created or manifested in the world. That's the generative expression. Conversely, if you live in fear and you refuse truth and decide to ignore what is, ignorance, choosing the path of ignorance, there will be internal confusion or internal anarchy. You won't know yourself. You won't know how you work. And then that sets up the path to manipulation, mind control, etc., and then there will be externalized controls put in place by other people who do know the, the score, who do know what's really going on, okay? And that's the path to chaos or what we call evil, that which we do not want for ourselves. At least we say we don't want that for ourselves. Sometimes I wonder because people keep doing the same thing and saying they don't want it and expect a different result and think that they can continue to do that same thing based on the same polarity and get a different result, which is pure lunacy. Okay? So when, when people tell me, what's your, what are your politics? What's your political views? I tell them I don't have any politics. Politics is an illusion. 
I don't believe in politics. It's a dialectic set up there to keep people in opposition with themselves. There is no such thing as politics. It doesn't exist. It never has existed. It never will exist. It's a mechanism for controlling one's mind. I tell people, while I absolutely don't believe in politics, I believe in monarchy and anarchy simultaneously. And that usually leaves them with a totally confused expression on their face until I explain what I mean by monarchy is internal monarchy or sovereignty of the individual, so long as they don't infringe on the natural law rights of others. Recognizing one's own sovereignty under the creator. Bringing your thoughts, emotions, and action into alignment. And I also believe in anarchy, the absence of rulership over others. But what I absolutely do not believe in is internal anarchy. Because if you're going to live in a state of internal anarchy, or in other words, duality within, thinking or feeling one thing and yet your actions betraying what you know and how you feel, and yet you do something else other than how you say you feel, you do something else other than what you say you know, okay, then that's a state of internal anarchy. And that only leads to external monarchy, meaning someone else controlling your behavior. You not truly owning you. So I don't believe in those forms of anarchy or monarchy. I believe in internal monarchy, ruling your own house in a state of non-duality within. And I believe in external anarchy, no one else ruling me because I own myself just as everyone else out there owns themselves and should take care of their own house. And that's the only way we're going to get to freedom, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to happen any other magical way. Get over it. So to some people, that's a very... Um, negative or hard view to take a look at because they know how much work is actually involved in coming to that state of internal monarchy or sovereignty. They know how much self-examination is required. They know how much knowledge seeking, actually looking at the truth, actually admitting that you are wrong in so many instances and have been duped in so many ways and places in your life to, to make that apology and say I was wrong and then actually change your actions to bring your actions into accordance, into alignment with truth. It's not an easy process. This chart looks simple and it is simple as far as the concepts go, but actually doing it is a different thing. Knowing the path and walking the path are sometimes altogether different in their level of challenge. So that's the goal that we need to look toward is creating true good or true order based in freedom, sovereignty, and ultimately the polarity of love. We're going to take a look at how morality fits into this picture on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening.
Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're going to be getting into some deep aspects of natural law here today on the show. Before we do that, I want to give the call-in number. Hopefully, we'll have some time to take some calls in the last couple segments. The call-in number for the show today is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. When you call in, just hang on the line. Be patient. I'll uh, try to get to you in the later part of the show, but you can call in now to get in the queue. So, we're going to be talking about really the fundamental thing that is causing the loss of human freedom. And as sad as it is to make this statement, here's as simple as it gets. Human freedom is being destroyed and lost at the rate that it is being destroyed and lost at for one basic overarching reason. Human beings, unfortunately have come to a point in their consciousness where most of them no longer know the difference between right and wrong. That's it, folks. That's it. If you want to know why the events that are happening are happening, that is the causal factor right there. They do not know, not believe or think or just have an opinion about. They do not definitively know the difference between right and wrong. And there is such a thing. And I want to make a real hard definitive statement here. Any spiritual teacher that is not telling people that there is a definitive objective difference between right and wrong is a fraud or a deceiver. They are a fraud or a deceiver. Okay? Or both. Or sadly, they're a a useful dupe who really doesn't know the difference themselves and is trying to make a buck. Okay? So let me be as plain and as clear about that as I can. The people who are telling anybody out there that there's no such thing as really a difference between right and wrong and, oh, this is just further polarizing people and, you know, when we make it about right or wrong, uh, you know, we're adding to the problem wrong. There is such a thing as right and wrong. There is such a thing as objective morality. Okay? It is based in natural law principles. And when we started this show 78 weeks ago, one of the first things I talked about was the ideology known as moral relativism, which is destroying the people of the earth. When I then went into all of the methodologies of mind control and helped people to understand that it is dark occultists who, who propagate all of these mind control methodologies and what their ultimate religion is all based upon is moral relativism on the shows that I did on Satanism and dark Luciferianism. This is their foundational ideology that there really isn't any such thing as right or wrong 
It's all relative. It's all based on what we think, our preferences, based on the current situation at the time. And if you believe that, you are under mind control put there by dark occultists. If you believe that there is no such thing as objective right and wrong, you are under mind control. And that is the problem. That so many people actually believe in moral relativism. That's the problem with the people of earth. And that's why the people of earth are going in, into deep slavery. And I'm, I'm choosing my words very deliberately. Okay? And people will not like to hear this. They will rebel against this in whatever way they can because they want to abdicate personal responsibility to, to know the difference between right and wrong and then to choose the right. They don't want that responsibility. They want to claim ignorance. I didn't know. I didn't know as I was uh, hoarding people into work camps that that was the wrong thing to do. I thought it was fine. I didn't know as I was signing off on all of these bad loans. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was basically telling, taking away these people's rights to speak and make their opinion, voice their, their, their uh, concerns and opinions, that I silenced them. I didn't know that was wrong. I was just doing what I was told. I was just following orders. I was just doing my job. How, how long are we going to let this fly as an excuse, as a people? We heard that at Nuremberg. The Russian secret police that worked under Stalin claimed that. It was, it's just a job. I wanted to keep working so I could feed my family. The Schutzstaffel who ran concentration camps were saying that. Well, our government was telling us it was okay. People behind all of the, these loan frauds and all of the, the, the rape of the economy are saying, oh, but my, my superiors are just telling me to do that. It's okay. That's company policy. And then they just do it because it's just pass the buck down the line. Just abdicate your own responsibility to know the truth, to know right versus wrong, and then choose right. They're trying to say, oh, no, we don't have that responsibility. That's someone else. I'm just a foot soldier. I'm just a person pushing a pencil, or I'm just a person carrying out the actions that my owner tells me to do. And we think that's acceptable, that that's okay for somebody to just continue to abdicate that personal responsibility and say, well, they're the ones actually doing these things, that they're not responsible for doing them. Nonsense. Bunk is what I say to that. And that's what you should say to that if you have any understanding about the real dynamic that's taking place here. You should call people on that. You should call their BS on that because that's exactly what it is. And it shouldn't fly in any kind of a moral society for someone to make claims like that, that they're not the ones responsible even though they're the ones actually doing the action. Well, someone else told me it was okay. Think about this, folks. This is as common sense as it gets. See, because that's ultimately what we're talking about here today is common sense. That's a key phrase that's going to be coming up. 
So that's the dynamic. People really don't know the difference between right and wrong. They don't know what their rights are, and they don't know what their rights are not. And I told you when I started the section on natural law, I told you two things. And remember my words. This is the most deeply occulted information on the earth. And it's some of the most basic. But it is the most deeply hidden truth. You're never going to hear anybody talking about this on television. You won't hear this on the nightly news. Okay? You won't even hear it among some of the top alternative media. This is the most occulted information in the world. This is the information that the dark occultists who are running the show know and are using against people as a weapon and ultimately are trying to get people not to ever look at. This is what they want hidden from your sight which is what the word occult means, hidden from sight. Okay, another form of mind control is trying to make one word associated with something that it's not really associated with at all. And one of the best forms of mind control is associating the word occult with evil because it means no such thing. It means hidden because it is hidden knowledge about objective morality and the workings of natural law which if you do not understand, you can only create chaos. You can never create a world that you want, truly, that you, in which you live and are free from self-imposed suffering. We're doing this to ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. No one else is doing this to us. In our ignorance of morality and natural law, we are creating this heinous, hideous situation of the loss of freedom and the slow spiraling descent into servitude. We're doing it. And it's being directed by clever people who know how these laws work and have subsequently hidden that knowledge and taken it out of general circulation. So we're going to talk about right and wrong and really get down to the true differences between these ways of being in the world. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're going to be getting down to the real causal factors of why humanity is experiencing that which it is. And it ultimately comes down to knowing the difference between right and wrong. And there is such a thing, and it is objective, and it can be known. And there are people who know it. And many people don't want to hear that. And again, they'll rebel against it. I told you to expect ad hominem attacks against me for stating these things. Because when people cannot refute something that is based in truth and based in principle, they will just attack the messenger. 
That's it. And it's always done by people who don't want the personal responsibility of knowing the truth, knowing right versus wrong, and then choosing the right. That's who always does that. They want to be absolved of the responsibility of having to choose the right when given the choice between right and wrong. They want someone else to choose that for them or and tell them, here's what you're going to do. Go do it. And they say, yes, I'll go and do that. And then they can blame it on this other person. And that's all it comes down to. And I don't care. Again, I told you, I don't care what time period in history we're talking about. That ideology, that way of being in the world, no matter what time period, no matter what people, no matter what land, is the ideology of a Nazi. I don't care whether you call them British redcoats. I don't care whether you call them people uh, in um, waging tribal warfare against others just to eradicate uh, the opposing tribe in some region in, in Africa someplace. Okay? I don't care whether we're talking about communists. I don't care whether we're talking about um, any form of radicalized police state controllers, no matter where they were. Roman centurions doesn't make a difference. It's the same mind state. It's the same mind state. I'm going to do this whether it's right or wrong if I get something out of it. If somehow I benefit, it doesn't make a difference who I'm harming, who I'm hurting, who I have no right to be doing these actions to, I'm going to make the decision willfully to do it anyway. And 9.9 out of 10 times, I'm going to point the finger externally when asked, why were you acting like that? You don't have any right to act like that. The action is wrong because it results in harm to someone else when you had no right to cause that harm, I'm going to point the figure and s- finger and say, that person told me it was okay. And there's nothing anybody can say. No matter how much you want to say, say oh, I agree or disagree with politically what happened during that time of the world or why these actions were taken, nobody can actually refute the wrongness in morality of the actions of these people and claim that they are not pointing the finger and saying, that person told me it was okay. Because they're a mindless follower. That's all it comes down to. And I'm, I want to be harsh about how I'm wording this. It's deliberate, harsh language. Because people need to get used to not hearing garbage, politically correct spe- speech. You need to hear hard, harsh language when it comes to evil, when it comes to deliberately choosing wrong just because you think you can get away with it. That's all these people's mentality is. And that's what a socially Darwinistic mentality is. There is no such thing as right or wrong, good or evil. It's what you can get away with. That's what moral relativism and social Darwinism is at its core. When we look at the words right and wrong, just the words, again, so much of what I do on here is get down to the actual meaning of the words, okay? 
I consider myself a wordsmith. And if we really want to understand what's going on in the world, we need to look at words. Words are actually imbued with energy. They are sound energy that leave our mouths, that we generate. And therefore, there is a magical quality to words. And you could scoff at that, laugh at that all you want. This universe is created by sound energy. And when we speak, we are creating. In that sense, we are like the creator of the universe. Having been given that gift of speech. Because we can speak a world into existence that we extraordinarily benefit as a result of. Or we can speak a world into existence in which we live as slaves. The choice is up, is up to us. Because what we are, what we speak and what we listen to, that becomes who we are as a people. And unfortunately, what we've been listening to and what most of us have been speaking is pure garbage. And it doesn't take into account natural law principles. And it doesn't take into account other people's rights. Right and wrong as words. Just think of the words. Right. When you say the word right, depending on the context that you're using it in, it can mean either correct or moral. Two plus two equals, what's your answer? Four. You are correct. That is the right answer. It's a based in objective truth. He did the right thing, meaning he did the moral thing. What he did did not result in harm to others, meaning he chose right. Correctness means based in truth. And we use the same word for correct and moral. Moral means based in natural law principles. Not resulting in harm to others. That's what moral is. Yet the same word, right, we use in different contexts to represent both of these things. And there's a reason that we use the same word in English to represent both of those concepts. Because those concepts are equivalence. There isn't any difference between those things. If something is based in truth, it is based in principle. Principles are always based in truth. And when we make a decision to act in accordance with true principles, not ones we think exist, which are really based in natural law, we have done the right thing. We have taken the right action. Therefore, we're specifically using this word right in both of these contextual situations, not by accident, because it's telling us that the correct thing and the right thing are the same thing. The correct thing and the moral thing are always identical to each other. Therefore, the more we know about truth, the more accurate our understanding is when it comes to what is true 
the more moral our behavior will become. And again, if you don't think there is any such thing as truth and you're a solipsist, turn the show off because this show can do no good for you. If that's what you think and you're committed to staying at that position. If you go back to show number one is what I would say and understand the danger of solipsism, meaning the belief that truth can't really be known. It's all just a matter of opinion. And everybody has differing opinions. So you can't really ever really know the truth. That's called solipsism. And it's the most dangerous ideology out there. It is the antithesis of philosophy. It is not a philosophy. People who call it a philosophy don't understand the meaning of the word philosophy. Solipsism is not a philosophy. It is not based on the love of Sophia, the, the love of wisdom, the love of the goddess at all. It is an erroneous ideology that is based in ego. So on the other side of the break, we'll start looking at what the word wrong represents. Okay? Because we need definitive delineations, definitive definitions to understand the differences between these two polarities and why choosing one will get you one thing and choosing the other will get you something completely different. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. We're at the top of the second hour. This is a short segment. So in this segment, I'm just going to concentrate on continuing to explain the difference between right and wrong. And it's sad that this is what needs to be done at this point in history. You know, I, I sometimes think it's even sadder that the task falls to someone like me. Because I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination ladies and gentlemen. I never claimed to be. I just said I had a high level of consciousness or awareness of what's really going on, both within me and around me, and in a wider global sense. But don't ever make the statement that I ever claimed that I'm any, in any way some kind of a perfected being, because I am not. And, you know, when I think... The, look at the task I'm attempting to try to explain to people of the earth the difference between right and wrong. I don't always, you know, follow moral guidelines 100% perfectly. I attempt to do that, but no one is perfect. You know, we all fall into different forms of temptation or into doing different forms of wrong now and again. Some of us in greater degrees, much greater degrees than others. But, you know, no, I don't think anyone lives a perfect existence. And that's not what I'm saying anybody needs to do. We need to start choosing the right much more frequently than we choose the wrong. So when we look at the word wrong, we looked at the word right before the break, before the top of the hour. Now let's look at the word wrong. It means both incorrect as in Two times three equals seven. Incorrect. You gave the incorrect answer. Wrong. You're wrong. 
not correct, not based on truth, not based on actual point of fact reality. Okay? And it also simultaneously means immoral when we use it in a different context. Well, that man raped that woman last week. He did something that is incredibly morally wrong. We'll talk about the transgressions of natural law, which is actually a much, once we have a solid understanding of those transgressions, we'll have a much better understanding of what our rights actually are and what they are not. So it's actually very important to look at what wrong is, moral wrong. We're going to do that today. Moral wrong is always actions that are not based in natural law, that are a violation or a transgression in some form of natural law. So we use the same word wrong to mean incorrect and to mean immoral, not based in natural law. Because if our actions are based on things that are incorrect, that we believe in, that are not based in truth, then they will be immoral. They will create chaos. They will result in harm to other beings. That which is true and right is always going to be moral. The actions that are taken in that state will always be in harmony with natural law and they will not result in harm to other living beings. Conversely, when we are wrong in our information, when we have not taken in enough information to make an accurate decision based upon its veracity or its level of truth, then we will act in an immoral state. And the actions that we take in that state of consciousness will always result in harm to others and therefore they will always create chaos in the world. This is intricately interwoven into natural law and its expressions. To study one is to study the other. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today, as we have been for the past many weeks, we are talking about natural law. Not the law of man, but the laws of nature. And how adherence to these natural principles are either going to result in order or chaos in our lives. And that they're not up to us because we didn't put them in place. The only decision that is up to us that we have free will over is how we will either live in harmony with those natural guiding principles or we will completely ignore them. Living in harmony with them will result in freedom and order and everything that we call good. Choosing to ignore them and continue to think that we just may do whatever we feel like doing based on likes or preferences or dislikes is only ever going to get us more and more chaos or what we call evil in our lives. 
suffering, in other words. And that's just how it works. It's nothing to get upset about. It's, you know, nothing to rage against. It's how it works. These are just laws that are put into, a, into effect by creation. But see, the ego wants to think it's the highest thing in creation. It doesn't want to accept that there's any higher power or force in the universe. It wants to be all-powerful. And it wants to say, no, you can continue to do whatever you feel like doing, even if it's in violation of another's rights. That's not going to create more and more harm and more and more chaos and more and more evil in the world, even though that's exactly what it does. And then the ego wants to say, you could just point a finger and say, that person made you do it, or you didn't know, claim pure ignorance, as if that will somehow absolve you of that wrongdoing. So what it all ultimately comes down to, we just took a look at the words right and wrong. What it all ultimately comes down to is knowledge. And here's another place where I'll tell you new age proponents and, you know, this, the new age movement teachers will tell you it doesn't, knowledge doesn't matter that much. Once again, pure bunk and anybody trying to sell you that there, that there's a way to freedom without going through knowledge is a liar, a liar. That's why the path of knowledge, the sephir, the, the, the hidden sephirot, the one that is not actually a sephirot on the tree of life, okay, one of the sephirot on the tree of life, is called da'at, and it is the sphere of knowledge. And it's occulted knowledge. See, it's not quite on the tree. It's actually behind it. It is occulted and that's on the middle pillar. I'm referring here, of course, to Kabbalah. And you can go back into the uh, podcasts on the website to look at the shows, listen to the shows that we did on Kabbalah to understand how this is a powerful tradition to understand the self and natural law principles at work in the world. You're not going to get to the top of that tree that make that climb out of base consciousness to higher consciousness without learning, without understanding the difference between truth and fantasy, understanding the difference between right and wrong, understanding the difference between love and fear. That's what we're here to do. And there are no shortcuts. New Agers want to tell you that there's magical shortcuts. There aren't any. It's hard work. It's not so overly complicated that you can't learn it or it can't be done because it's not ultra complex. There are simplicities to it. Don't oversimplify them. Take them for what they are and build upon them. But simple and easy are two different things, as I've said many, many times. The corner that we've painted ourselves into makes the job difficult and often dangerous at the point that we're at, but we let it get there. It doesn't mean that it's overly complex. Truth is basically simple. It's building blocks and you assemble those and from that assembly, you gain more and more understanding. So... What 
is this knowledge that we need. Of course, it is the knowledge of how natural law operates, which I've already said many times is the most occulted knowledge. And again, I said the second part of this would be people will come out of the woodwork to attack this point because this is the ultimate solution. Again, we're not talking about the problem anymore, really. This is the solution to the problem. Coming to the, the awareness of this information about natural law is the solution to humanity's problems, which is why the words natural law will never be talked about in mainstream media. This is what is the most deeply occulted knowledge, and that's also why you'll see people come out and attack Anybody trying to put this knowledge into the consciousness of humanity, they will be, those individuals who are the messengers of these laws will be attacked. Ad hominem attacks will be launched upon them. Because this is what they do not want anybody to look at. All of the distractions of life, every forms that, that these distractions take, entertainment, mindless, uh, inane, trivia of all kinds, okay, are all put in place to get you to not ever take a look at this information. Because what they don't want truly developing in humanity is the, the all-important concept that I have listed on slide number eight, which is conscience. Because if conscience is truly born in human beings, the New World Order falls flat on its face, the dark New World Order. No dictator, no dictatorship can ever work with beings that ha truly have conscience born in them. That truly know the difference between right and wrong consciously, actively, willfully and are going to make conscious, active, willful decisions to choose the right and not choose the wrong. That is what conscience is. It comes from the Latin language. Con is a prefix in Latin meaning together or with. And then the second part of the word, which is obviously the word science, which is where we get the word science from, the verb sciere in Latin, scio sciere, which means to know or to understand which means you're not going to get to the truth. You're not going to get to freedom without truly knowing or understanding. And not just individually, but together. Because conscience means to come to a place of knowing together. True knowing, knowledge, understanding. It is common sense. That's what conscience means. Knowing together, common sense. And that's why they want to hide the basic principles of natural law, its expressions, its effects in our lives from us. They don't want anybody looking at that. The most occulted knowledge there is because they don't want common sense developing. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, the folks. Oracle You're listening Broadcasting to Broadcasting Radio Network is on a... Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. 
I'm your host, Mark Passio. We've been talking about natural law, morality, how these things all are inextricably connected to the dynamics of human freedom. And unless we understand that, we're navigating blind and we're going to be condemned to eternally be slaves here on this planet. If we do not understand these principles. So we looked at conscience and what it really is. And conscience has everything to do with knowledge. Because in order to make the right moral decision, you need accurate information. You need to be able to choose the factually correct information in order to make the morally correct decisions. It's axioms, okay? Fundamental principles that we then apply. So if you believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5 and you accept that as a fundamental axiom, a given truth, and then you start doing all arithmetic operations based on that axiom, when you then get to multiplication, division, etc., and higher forms of math, your answers will be completely, completely in orders of magnitude wrong. You'll never be even close to getting the accurate answer. And then if you make your decisions based on those answers, more and more chaos will emerge. So it's not a matter of simply reforming the system we already have. We need to go back to the fundamental axioms upon which our worldview is based. And one of the first solutions that I say that we need to enact in my list of solutions anyway is a worldview healing. And we can't do that until we completely reevaluate the fundamental axioms upon which our worldview is based. And I'm telling you folks, the worldview of most of the people out there is based on the fundamental axioms of moral relativism. And that's why until that is completely abandoned, we're not creating anything here except chaos. The end for all time. I mean, you're free to believe otherwise but that's never going to make it true and you're never going to be able to create chaos that way, uh, create order that way. It will never ever happen for as long as anyone lives. You will only ever create chaos. So conscience is what they don't want people to arrive at as we saw in slide number eight. They don't want common sense. They don't want the people knowing together. Knowing what? Knowing the truth about what's being talked about right here on this program. They don't want anyone knowing about how natural law operates, the occult controllers. They like the chaos that we create for ourselves. It makes us easier to control. More chaos breeds more fear, and the cycle starts all over again. These are fundamental laws of creation, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to wise up and understand how they work. 
The main thing that comes from developing conscience is to know your rights, to know not only what your rights are, but even more importantly, to know what your rights are not. And we have an entire segments of the population who think that they have rights that they don't have. Whole groups of people actually believe they possess rights that other people do not possess. And then base their actions on these non-existent rights. Think that they can do the actions that they're doing with impunity. In slide number nine, I explained the best way to go about understanding one's rights. And it's quite simple, actually. Okay? When we talk about rights and what they are, there, we have so many rights, we couldn't possibly list them all. There's so many things that we can choose to do. It's almost of infinite possibilities that would not infringe on the rights of other people. It would not cause harm to other living beings. So those things are all fall into the category of our rights. If you can do it and it doesn't result in harm to another being, you're allowed to do it. That's one of your rights. You are within your right to take that action because you have caused no wrong. You have engaged in no wrong or an action which results in harm. It is better to understand our rights in what is called the apophatic sense. And this is very, very critical. And I'm going to go into explaining what apoph apophysis is. Okay? And this is a critical term. We're going to look at it in the next slide. Actually, we're going to look at it very soon, right after I take this first point on slide number nine. Rights are best to be understood in the apophatic sense. And this generally means the negative sense. Okay, to know which actions are not rights because they cause harm. There are fewer actions that we do not have the right to take because we can define what harm of another living being is. And then we could say the actions that fall into the category that cause this harm to other living beings are not rights. And then, therefore, everything else is a right. This is done through the negative pathway to truth, a form of logical reasoning that involves negation, affirmation through negation called apophysis. Okay? So let's hold that slide there and let's jump ahead to 10 and then we'll come back to 9. Okay? And let's look at what apophysis is. This is slide number 10 now on the radio show page at whatonearthishappening.com or with the podcast. Okay? Apophysis is also known as apophatic inquiry. Okay? And it comes from the Greek language. The word apophysis in Greek comes from the Greek word apophani. Apophani means to say no, or to say by not saying is another way of looking at it, okay? To affirm something by negating something else. So in other words, I think 9-11 is a great example of where apophysis has already been used. 
we can't tell you the exact events that occurred and how things exactly went down because so much of that knowledge is occulted, but we can rule out what the official story claims happened. We can negate that and in doing so come closer to the truth about the actual events of that day or the truth. Okay? So apophysis, it's a method of logical reasoning employed when given a limited set of possibilities, as in what actions are right, what actions are wrong, in order to arrive at knowledge, knowledge by way of the exclusion of known negatives. It's a process of elimination, in other words. It is describing what something is by explaining what it is not. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. That's exactly what they want you to do, obey and not think for yourself, as masterfully expressed there by the teacher David Icke, as he's describing the scientific uh, allegory, the uh, science fiction allegory called They Live, there in that uh, break music. But going back to the concept that we were talking about before the break, uh, which is apophysis, or the negative pathway to the truth, in other words, okay? When you have a certain uh, set of possibilities that you are, you are exploring and trying to get the truth or to arrive at knowledge, okay, you can do this by the exclusion of known negatives, or in other words, to describe what something is by describing that which it most certainly is not. This was mostly practiced um, in the early uh, church history, and there are two schools of theology. Uh, one is known as the apophatic theology, which attempts to describe the qualities of the Creator by explaining that which what the, that which the Creator most certainly is not, or qualities which would not be embodied by the divine. Okay, so that's the apophatic. Um, Describing something in the apophatic sense, okay? <clears throat> As I've said, it's affirmation through negation is an easy way to look at it. The opposite of that would be uh, the cataphatic pathway to truth, which is attempting to directly describe what something is, as in cataphatic theology, okay? So apophatic inquiry. Arthur Conan Doyle, in his science fiction, expressed this beautifully. He said, made the famous statement that once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. And again, 9-11 comes to mind and is an excellent example of an apophatic inquiry. Okay? We may not have 100% of the 
um, data that we need, but we have enough to show that what is proposed in this ridiculous narrative called the official story is not true. Therefore, another explanation is most certainly much more logical and definitely warrants a new investigation. We can say what it is not and what it, it was not is the official story. Okay? The same thing can be applied to knowing what our rights are and what they are not. We need to take a look at what our rights are not in order to understand how we should behave in the world and to know what our rights actually are. Okay? So, I want to go back a slide now, to back to slide number nine, to get back to the pathway for knowing our rights. Okay, the first thing is, it's good to understand our rights in the apophatic sense, to know which actions are not within the scope of our rights because they cause harm to others. The second part of knowing our rights is to understand that natural law and morality hold true, meaning they are in effect regardless of how many people are in the world, okay? And this is one that people have a real hard time with because of ego. Ego gets in the way of understanding this one, folks, big time, okay? Because people will say, oh, well, given a small group of people, that's fine. But when you have a whole bunch of people doing that, that's going to create chaos. And the people who always talk against natural law and for the laws of man will always invoke the creation of chaos. When in fact, they're the ones who are creating the chaos through the advocation of their position. They don't understand that what man's law is doing can only create more chaos in the world. Yet they'll say natural law, allowing natural law to exist and just be in place would create chaos. See, this is how man wants to be God. Man wants to unmake what creation has made and then remake creation in his image. This is what the ego is. That's the force of the ego, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. If you want to know what ego really is, that's what it is. It's the force that will never say I'm wrong about anything. It's the force that will never admit when they that... that being has actually committed a wrong and say, it was my fault. I did the wrong thing. I don't want to blame it on anybody else. I want to accept responsibility. The ego will never do that. Okay. And it will always try to invoke chaos if natural law gets to rule the day. Okay. You're crazy. You can never allow that. There would be chaos. Fear is always invoked. Instead of actually understanding the dynamic that causes order versus the dynamic that causes chaos, and then choosing the one that causes order, they're always trying to fear monger and, and promote the idea to other people who clearly have no understanding of natural law that going in the direction of natural law is what's going to cause chaos, when in fact it's the other way around. So the, the population issue, here's how I tell people to look at it, okay? When in doubt as to whether an action is in harmony or disharmony with natural law, you want to visualize a scenario in which there are only two people. 
visualize a scenario in which there is only two people and no external external events actually getting involved and interfering with the interaction between these two people and then look at the action. If that person has a right to take that action in a situation where there's only two people, then they have a right to take that action in a situation where there's 7 billion or 700 quadrillion people. Okay? If they do not have the right to take that action when there's only two people, they do not have the right to take that action when there's two billion, two trillion, or two Google people in the world. It wouldn't matter how many people ever exist. If a right does not exist in a one-on-one -on -one encounter, okay, meaning that person is not imbued with that right, they do not have the right, it is not actually inherent, and was not actually granted by, the, by creation itself. No one can just suddenly claim that right and pull it out of thin air, nor could they ever grant it to anyone else. Rights cannot be granted. Wrongs cannot be granted. No one ever can say, you are now allowed to do this. And that's, pro that's one of the big failings of this country. We created a system that advocates personal responsibility and tried to give a subset of individuals calling themselves government rights that other individuals don't have. For example, taxation. A perfect example in which the, fr the framers of the Constitution went completely against natural law principles and clearly did not ultimately know what right and wrong is, ultimately. And they chose wrong over right. Because in a one-on-one -on -one situation, one person cannot say to another person, I'm taking what you have, and I'm going to take a certain percentage of what you have, whether you feel that you can afford to give that to me or not. In a one-on-one -on -one situation, that would always be wrong. Yet, government, people who set up government, thinks that they're allowed to create a subset of people because there's a whole bunch of people in the world and we're going to give a subset of people this right that doesn't exist for any individual. Because it's theft, period, and very quite simply it's theft. Anybody that is, is so under mind control that they can't understand that taxation is theft, go ahead and continue to believe that it's not. You're delusional and you're fooling yourself. Of course it's taking from one person that you don't have a right to take from. It's always has been that since the dawn of time and always will be that. The ego needs to take a step aside to understand a lot of this information, folks. Many people will be angry at this and the tagline is get as angry as you want, get as offended as you want. Go put it on a t-shirt, okay? Get as offended as you like by this information. Natural law doesn't care about how much you're offended by it. It's what is. And you're creating as a result of your adherence to what is or your ignorance of what is. So we need to look at what rights are definitively not in order to understand what's really going on in the world. There are four basic transgressions of natural law. And ultimately, when you boil it all down, there's one transgression against natural law. And I'll explain that. The four major transgressions against natural law, or in other words, against another living being's rights, are as follows. Murder, rape, theft, 
and trespass. Murder, rape, theft, and trespass are the four major natural law transgressions. And I'm going to come back and explain what these things are and how ultimately they're one thing on the other side. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, folks. This is the last segment of What on Earth is Happening for this week. I'll be back live on Oracle in two weeks' time. Next week, again, I'm taking the day off to support my partner, Barb, as she has a presentation next Sunday. So, before the break, we were talking about natural law transgressions, or in other words, actions that are not within our natural law rights to take because they result in harm to other living beings. There are four major natural law transgressions, okay, and they are murder, rape, theft, and trespass, okay? Murder, the taking of another's life when one has no warrant to do so, okay? Rape is the violation under coercion of another person's sexuality, which one does not have a right to do under any circumstances. Okay? Theft is the taking which of goods that one does not have the right to take from other people. Of the the actual just stealing of resources. Okay? And trespass is basically taking security away from someone in their own lair that is obviously where they live and work and thrive and sleep, etc. So it's the ingress into another person's lair without their consent in a place that they've clearly set up as theirs. So someone's home, you don't have a right to go in unless you're invited in. You don't have a right to take things from their home, which would be theft. You don't have a right to uh, sexually engage in any sexual relations with someone unless it's consensual. That would be rape. And you don't have a right to uh, attempt to take the life of another person or actually do so. That's murder. Every one of these boils down to one basic, overarching, fundamental transgression. And that is theft. If you think about it, every one of these things is taking something that you do not have the right to take. Murder is the taking of life that you do not have a right to take. Rape is the taking of someone's sexual um, energies and sexual uh, um, boundaries that you do not have a right to take. Theft is the taking of someone else's goods or property, and trespasses the taking of someone else's security in their own space, okay? So ultimately, all natural law, just like sovereignty, is based upon ownership. It's all based upon ownership. 
and all transgressions of it are based upon taking something that you do not own. You don't own someone else's rights. You don't own someone else's life. You don't own someone else's sexuality. You don't own someone else's goods. You don't own someone else's space that they are using and happen to be in. It's all theft. Ultimately, every wrong that we commit in some way, shape, or form is a theft. If you sit down and truly philosophically think about it, this is common sense. And it's quite simple. It's not complex. It's not unknowable. These are what our rights are not. If our rights do not fall into these things, we have a right to engage in that activity. And no one has a right to stop us from engaging that inactive, in that activity. So again, trying to stop someone from engaging in things that don't fall under these categories of theft in different forms, one does not have a right to take. That would be taking someone's rights. So stopping someone from speaking is taking their rights Stopping free assembly is taking someone's rights away. Trying to take someone's freedom away and turn them into slaves through corporate personhood and other mind control measures is not someone's right to do so. They're in the wrong by engaging in that activity. Protecting criminals from engaging in their criminal behavior is not within our rights because other people are engaging in theft and murder and then they're being protected by other people. You don't have a right to do that. You don't have a right to help people to continue these natural law transgressions and then try to stop other people from bringing them to justice. That's not a right. And this is what police and military do every day. And then attempt to set up situations and circumstances where they block us from engaging in our rights of assembly and speech, etc. No one has a right to do that, nor can anyone be granted that right. See, that's another part of natural law. You can never grant things that are not rights to anyone else. If you don't have something, you can't give it to someone else. I want to read this next quote, and I'm going to wrap this up. When I come back in two weeks, I'm going to explore in depth this gentleman's essay and some quotes, uh, some um, uh, responses written about that essay by some other individuals, okay? Uh, his name is Aquinas. This is not the philosopher Thomas Aquinas. This is simply uh, an internet handle by a person who was posting on some forums, and I happened to find this essay, which I thought was one of the most brilliant, concise explanations of natural law I've ever ever seen or read. I'd love to have him on the show. If anybody knows, knows who it was, they could put him in touch with me and I'd bring him on as a guest. But he made this statement about why we're losing, why freedom is dying. And here it is. I call this the fall of the republic. Okay. Because choice is subsequent to a judgment upon the truth of the matter presented, 
It is an immutably true principle. I have a slight typo there. I should say it is an immutably true principle that human liberty depends entirely upon judgments which conform to natural law. If a judgment which does not conform to natural law, which is therefore objectively false and immoral, is acted upon by the will, then it becomes a source of grave disorder in society. Exponentially multiply these numbers of individual immoral acts and you have a republic that collapses from moral decay in a short period of time. That is why we are going into bondage as a people. Because too many people are choosing the wrong over the right, thinking they have some magical right to do so, and then teaching these values to their young who then go out and multiply these numbers of individual immoral choices and acts. And therefore, a quantum effect is created. Chaos always results as a result of that disorder and chaos, as Aquinas so eloquently put it. And therefore, we are going deeper and deeper and deeper into chaos and enslavement. Because we have a society that is based on moral relativism. Aquinas concludes his essay by saying, true liberty is an essential property of objective truth and morality. Therefore, there can be no true liberty in a civilization that enshrines moral relativity. And in two weeks, we'll be exploring that essay in depth right here on this show for probably the entire show. I apologize that I did not get a chance to take any calls today on the show, but I think the information that is presented here really needs to be distilled, broken down as much as possible, and then gone over again by everyone who listens to this show. Get it out there to people. This is the most occulted knowledge that they're, the occultists, the dark occultists who own this place currently, want to keep hidden. And we need to get it out there to people. I'll be back in two weeks, folks. I want to thank everyone for listening to this edition of What on Earth is Happening. We'll be analyzing Aquinas' essay on natural law and human liberty in two weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. Until then, I'm Mark Passio. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Stick around. Chris Everhart is up next.